So tonight we have a treat. We've got Pastor John Herbert. But before he comes up, John is originally a South African who moved with his family to Perth, Australia. Um, he ended up uh, being part of a church there and did a significant work in Perth in churches with groups and being a pastor. He felt a call to come to South Africa, ended up coming here, being part of Edge Church in Edgemead and really pioneering what I thought was a new move when it came to youth. Uh, from there, um, John's also planted Planet Shakers Cape Town, and this is a significant weekend because 11 years on, he's he planted that church, trained up the staff, and released that church. And today, this well, this weekend, they opened their brand new building. All across the work that John's done, John since then has planted, been part of planting a Planet Shakers church in Singapore. He's also planted a Planet Shakers church in Melbourne East. He's currently plant, part of planting a church in Papua New Guinea and in Fiji. And let's see, just a humble man, a trailblazer, um, a phenomenal church planter and hungry after God. So I want you to stand to your feet and welcome up Pastor John Herbert. Well, good evening, Tableview. How are you doing, View Church? You are, you are looking so well. Wow, I feel so high up here, but it's all good. I can see all your faces. Even though you have masks on, I can see your faces. And um, how good is it that we gather together as the church? I don't know how long it's been since you got together like this, but I can tell you all across the world, people are excited to be together, to be the church and to celebrate. And it's so great to be with people that you can sense the hunger in your heart as you were worshiping God. So can you just give yourselves a hand actually because the hunger and desire for God, God responds to that. Um, thank you, Pastor Andre. Please take your seats. You, you do that. That would be great. Wow. Now, I just need to give the soccer score. Yeah, I'm surprised that Pastor Andre is in the room. It's going to listen to this sermon. Right now, it is still 1-1 Liverpool and Wolves and Man City are down 2-0. So Liverpool just need to score a goal. So uh, hopefully you'll stay focused on my sermon for all the Liverpool supporters and try to do two things at once. Listen to what God is saying and intercede at the same time. That all works super well. Hey, so good to be with you tonight. I didn't know we would get this opportunity uh, to be with you. Our focus has been to, to launch the new building and to do that and have our conference. But there's really been a great friendship and a great connection uh, with Pastor Andre and Leanne and, and previous to that as well. There's such a long history. It's crazy. It's over 10 years. Um, it's amazing in our life right now. There are people that we've had relationships for 20, even 25 years that we've journeyed with. And this has been a 10-year relationship. And I love that because... We're all a part of the body of Christ. And I love that we get to share what God is doing. I mean, the last time I was here, you know, there was maybe um, one other campus. I can remember going to Sunningdale and now you guys have got Tiger Valley, you've got Sunningdale, you've got Melkbors, Camps Bay. Um, I was just talking to Pastor Andre and, you know, Cales River about to start. Is anyone excited about that? <laughs> Launching out. 
You know, it's incredible. And that's, that's what we love to be a part of, that, you know, when we've come out of COVID, come out of lockdowns and all of those kind of things, that people have a vision for the future to actually say, hey, we're ready to take this city for Jesus. We are ready to plant. We are ready to move. In a few months' time, I'll have to move my family again. Right now, we're not quite sure where they're actually going to live, but we will be somewhere in the South Pacific, <laughs> somewhere there. And, um, you know, but God works all of those details out because we're on a mission from God and I want to tell you tonight that God has equipped you and prepared you to do something great. I know you're already on this journey, but we're going to clear out a couple of things tonight. I'm going to do it as, as quick as I can and I believe that God's going to move really powerfully to do this because what you're about to take on will come with a few challenges. It will come with a few obstacles along the way. But when you understand who God is, you will be able to go from glory to glory and strength to strength. And I can tell you, I can feel the anointing of God already because He's gonna break every yoke. He's gonna break every obstacle in your way. The obstacles will be there, but I'm gonna show you tonight why you don't need to fear any work of the enemy, why you do not need to fear any barrier that you face, any giant that stands in front of you, whether it's a giant stop trying to stop you taking a nation, whether it's a giant trying to stop you moving forward in your family, whether it's a giant standing in front of you to keep you personally locked down when God's like, no, you are gonna live in absolute freedom. I need someone to preach with me tonight. When God says it is done, as we sang, it is done. And so God's gonna move us forward. I've entitled this message tonight, No Weapon Formed. No weapon formed. You're going to get it in a moment. We'll start in Isaiah 54 and verse 17. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against you. Someone say, Me. 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 That's right. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that rises up in judgment, you will condemn. Notice not God will condemn, you will condemn. Because there's a kingdom authority in your mouth. There's a kingdom authority that you walk in because of what you've been through, because of the pain, because of the hurt, because of the shutdowns, because of the barriers, because of the weight, because of the depression that you've had to push through, because of the challenges within the nation. All of those things are not gonna take you out. They are actually gonna strengthen you to understand your God-given authority to say no weapon formed against against me shall prosper. So he says, you're gonna say that and every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says God. Let me read it out of the New International Version, which says, no weapon formed against you will prevail. You will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord and this is the vindication from God. I wanna begin tonight by saying and just reminding you, I think you already know this because you were singing those songs with true conviction. But I wanna remind you firstly, before I talk about the enemy, that God is with you. God is for you. You are on the winning side and that is not gonna change. You have been equipped by God Almighty to withstand every attack from the enemy and that anything that comes against you while you are doing life on earth, it might come against you, but it will not prevail. It will not prevail because God is on your side. See, Jesus was beaten, but He wasn't defeated. <laughs> He was beaten. We're gonna face that tonight, but he wasn't defeated. He was crushed, 
but He was not destroyed. He was placed in a dark tomb, but we know that He rose from the grave. So the light came and shone in that tomb. And although the darkness was there, it had to collide with the light and it could not withstand the light. Even though it was three days down there, it might've looked like it was over, but it was not over because God is God all by Himself. He is God Almighty and He understands how to defeat every work of the enemy. God is on your side, God is with you. Psalm 91, what a great Psalm. I want you to take this in as I read it. Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. That's who we are under tonight. I know we're under a roof of a building, but there's something more than that. You are actually under the hand of Almighty God. I know the enemy tries to raise his hand, but tonight God is raising his hand and he is saying, You are living under the hand of God. He says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say, you can put your name there. <laughs> I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and fortress. My God, that's who He is, in whom I trust. Surely He will deliver you. You're like, man, there's some crazy things going on. Absolutely, they are, because the weapon is formed against you. But he says, surely you will deliver me from the snare of the fowler or the trap of the enemy and from perilous times or perilous pestilence. That's bad things happening to you. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield. <laughs> his truth will be your shield and your buckler. You shall not. Wow, here it is. This is gonna break some fear of someone tonight. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day. See, we're gonna face the truth tonight. Yes, there is terror. Yes, there is fear. That is real, but that's not where the story ends. Yes, there are arrows that the enemy shoots at you. I know the Bible talks about it. It says, he fires arrows at you, but you lift up your shield of faith and it will distinguish every arrow of the enemy. So tonight we're gonna face the truth that the arrows are there. They are flying at us at times. Sometimes they target it at the church, but whichever way it comes, he says, you will not be afraid of the terror by night. You're like, but what if something else happens in the daytime? Nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. This is why we will not celebrate the enemy. We will celebrate our God, whether it's the morning or the afternoon or nighttime or the unknown, you can run to Him. He says, you shall not be afraid. A thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 at your right side, but it shall not come near you. In the Message Bible, it says this. I'll just read you verse four and five for time. It says, his huge outstretched arms protect you. <laughs> Under them, you are perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Fear nothing, not wild wolves at night, nor flying arrows by day. You know, I discovered this in this time where we went through all these different lockdowns. You might not realize it, but Melbourne, where I was living the last two years, was the most locked down city in the world until just, just recently. 100, 220 days we were locked up in our house. 
in the last two years. I mean, locked up in our house. Like you couldn't move five kilometers when you went for exercise. Sometimes you could only go for one hour a day. Most times we could only go one person at a time. It was, a, it was like a gift if there was two people at a time that you could go with. That meant you couldn't even go walking with your family. And there was this massive lockdown, five kilometer radius to do what we had to do in feeding the poor. We had to sign permits to do that. That will remind some people of something. And I was like, what the heck is this? This is crazy. How can this be going on in Australia? But I started to realize in that time that it wasn't gonna help me to just recognize what the enemy was doing I had to get a hold of something in God <laughs> I had to find something and so did a lot of other people find something in God in the middle of that confinement so this message tonight is not coming out of a place of victory it's actually coming out of a place where you can't move you can't meet you can't say what you need to say you can't even preach off the platform of a church but that doesn't stop you preaching because you can preach to yourself you can take the Word of God and say, God, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And out of this time, I realized that if, if we were going to focus on the enemy, we were not going to win. <laughs> and so I said, God, we will come out of this. So what's the strategy? And he said, what I want you to do is not focus on the weapons of the enemy. I want you to focus on the weapons of warfare that I'm going to give you. <laughs> And we did things like midday prayer. We would pray every day, midday, we would go online with it and we would literally pray. So instead of praying maybe once or twice a week as a church, we were praying every single day. It was awesome. It was like midday every day. We were there just seeking God. And what we found was later on, we reaped from that as you're doing this year, a year of sowing. We started to realize that we'd been sowing. It might've been a confined place, but we never stopped sowing. It might have been an uncommon place, but we never stopped sowing. It might have looked like it was dominated by the enemy, but we never stopped sowing. And so all this sowing started to accumulate. In fact, we planted two churches in that time that we were locked down like this. There's a church in Papua New Guinea today that was started while we were in lockdown. We were training pastors while we were stuck in our houses. Come on, somebody can praise God in this room because no weapon formed against you will prosper. No weapon formed against you. In fact, one night, <laughs> what I decided to do was I realized I had all these limitations. And so in my time, when I could walk around, I would walk around my neighborhood. I would walk this block over and over and over again. I would walk it and start praying. I started to pray because I thought, well, God, for one time in history, everyone's in their homes. So that means as I'm walking past their house, I'm actually praying for every person in my neighborhood. So I started to pray and I was like, God, come on, save these people. God, come on, touch them in their homes. God, come on, heal their marriages. God, give them what they need to make it through this time. And, and, and just started to get a real faith because I usually I'm living in cities for once I was living in the suburbs. And so now it's suburban, there's families, there's a lot of children around. And, and so I was trying to tap into God's heart for families. I started to pray for these families. Well, you know what happened when the doors of the church started to open? My son had been in three different schools in one year and he moved on into high school and so when he got into high school he started reaching out to his friends he hasn't lived in Australia he's grown up in South Africa and then spent three years in Singapore so he doesn't really know Australia so for the first time he's in an Australian school and he starts reaching his friends all of a sudden one two three five seven of them start coming along he starts an entire urban life small group you you call them a different name view group he starts a whole group for his youth pastor 
out of his friends that he reaches at school. This is why we're still doing all, we've still got other restraints. We're not totally free yet. And they start getting saved. After a while, it gets strange because people start showing up at my house, like parents. And I'm like, mm, okay, this is interesting. I've obviously got a teenager now, so I'm like, okay, fair enough. But I'm not quite used to that because I'm living in the city and now I'm in the suburbs and people showing up at my house. Then I realize all these friends that have got saved live on our street. One of them, the street right next door. And these are the places that God said, go and pray. When there was a restriction, God said, go and pray. When we couldn't have church, God said, go and pray. And God was sowing seed for what would happen when the church would open. One night we had a party in our house. <laughs> if you don't know my history, I got saved in a nightclub. I actually literally got saved in a club. I wasn't in a church service. And so here I was at home. Now I have my own family. I have two boys. And, and you know, we, we, we had the music and we had the praise pumping in the house. I mean, because I could feel the enemy. You know, I could feel the oppression. I could feel the fear. The whole thing was being ruled by fear. I could feel all of that, but I didn't go by what I felt. I was like, there's something higher than this. So, so we cranked up the praise. I mean, seriously, we cranked it up. And so all of a sudden, the atmosphere broke like it would in church. <laughs> and and we start jumping around. And I've actually, I don't do much on social media except this weekend, actually, because I was very excited about the new building. But I was like out there and, and I, I did a big selfie and there we were and recorded it. And the family were jumping up and down. My kids were praising God and it was a massive noise. And then all of a sudden, God reminded me. He said, you do realize that no one can go party at the moment. You're upset because we can't have church, but actually no one can party. No one's in the nightclubs. No one's in the pubs. No one's with their families except in their home. They're all locked up in their home. And I went, that's right. And every time I walk around, I don't hear any noise. So guess what happened? Our praise party in our house... <laughs> was the loudest sound in the entire neighborhood. And as we started praising, <laughs> you could feel the power of heaven. And I got ecstatic because I was like, well, the enemy thought he could shut us down, but actually he has opened a shaft of praise because the highest noise in that moment and for the next two hours was the sound of heaven. Come on, I need someone to give a bigger praise than that. Nothing is going to hold you down. Nothing is going to shut you down. <laughs> Power of praise. See, Psalm 91 says there are arrows, and sometimes those arrows are arrows that come in the form of fear. But God gives you a shield of faith, or you run into the love of God. <laughs> sometimes those arrows are a voice of intimidation. You will suffer loss or defeat. It bounces around in your head. You're not going to make it. Uh, you'll feel intimidated. You're going to lose. That, that deal's not going to work out. You're, you're not going to make it all the way. And this voice of intimidation tries to shut you down. That arrow comes that way. Sometimes it comes as a past memory to try to distract you and to pull you back. When God's like, no, we're moving forward. We're going ahead. We're not staying in this place. And you start to go in the wrong direction if you let that arrow come into your heart. Sometimes the arrow is a lie from the enemy because that's who he is. He is the father of lies. The devil cannot tell you the truth. That's why you do not listen to him. You shut down his voice and you say, no, we are not listening to you. Satan, you are defeated and your weapon will not 
will not prosper. Sometimes the arrow comes in a form of sickness. And so God reminding you tonight, God is for you and God is with you. But I also wanna remind you that the weapon is real. Not only is the weapon real, but it says in that scripture in Isaiah 54, the weapon is formed. And this is where we trip up <laughs> because the weapon is real. But when you go, I'm watching the weapon formed and it's targeted at me. This is where we kind of get a bit confused. And so I'm gonna take you somewhere tonight. <laughs> this is where we, we get a bit, ed, we, we, we're like, ah, I'm not quite sure, is God with me or not? I, I believe it, but I kind of not sure. My circumstances are getting bigger. I, I know God's bigger than that, but can I really believe it right now? That's because you're seeing a weapon formed against you. You're seeing something that is actually targeted at you. And that's not a nice thing. <laughs> when something looks like it's targeted at you through a word, through a lie, through an atmosphere that comes against you, through a sickness. You're like, I don't know if anyone else feels the pain that I do in my body right now. I don't know if anyone else feels the emotional pain that I feel right now. Those the impact of what's going on in my life right now. You are absolutely right because you've been hit maybe by an arrow or something has been targeted at you by the enemy. This is the pattern of the enemy. Brings his weapon, forms it, tries to get you to focus on him, and then he tries to tell you you're the target. But what you haven't seen yet is what God's gonna do with his weapon. <laughs> it doesn't stop there, because I read you the scripture. He says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. <laughs> no weapon formed against you will prosper. So you haven't seen what God's gonna do yet. You haven't seen God's weapon. Let me just remind you, 1 Samuel 17, verse 45, when David faced Goliath, he looked at Goliath and he said to the Philistine, you have come against me, watch this, against me with a sword, a spear, a form weapon, a javelin, in fact, many weapons. But watch what he does. He says, he could have stopped right there and gone, I see you, the weapon's real, it's formed you're gonna try to take me out, so let's back out. No, he doesn't. He looks at the giant and he says, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel whom you have defied. And this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give your carcass to the Philistine army, to the birds of the wild animals. And listen to this, the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Can someone just praise God right there? Because out of your attack is gonna come a victory. Out of that place is gonna come a victory. See, what God is doing is He is setting you up for victory. He's not gonna leave you in the place of pain. He's not gonna leave you in the place of intimidation. I know that is real. He's not gonna leave you in the place of fear. He actually wants to do something through your life that is greater than what you're experiencing now. And sometimes it only can only be birthed through an attack from the enemy. So on one hand, there's the attack of the enemy. And on the other hand, you've got Almighty God. So He doesn't say, I come against you in the name of my Father or my inheritance 
or the name of my church, as great as your church is, View Church, what an incredible church. But that's not gonna help you. You can't go, I'm coming against you, enemy, in the name of my church. I'm coming against you in the name of my father or the name of my mentor or the name of my pastor. That's not gonna help you because the church, the pastors, they're all great. But when it comes to this kind of attack on your life, you're gonna have to know the name of the Lord God Almighty. You're gonna have to stand up for yourself and say, I will not be intimidated. I will not be brought down. God, you're gonna use my life. See, the weapons of our warfare, the Bible says, are not carnal, but they are mighty. <laughs> they are mighty. They are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. And every high thing, see, this is where we get lost because we watch this thing get higher. And just because it's higher doesn't make it the most high. <laughs> Yeah, just because it's elevating itself doesn't make it that real. Because the Bible says, come magnify the Lord with me. Don't magnify the enemy. <laughs> Don't magnify your fear. Lift God up to His highest place. See, the weapons of our warfare, I'll read it again, are not carnal. They are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds and high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So let me remind you again, church, that God is with you. God is with you. In fact, the reason this is so important is because what happens in the end. See, I read to you, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Watch what happens in the end, Acts 7, 9 to 10. I don't think you have this scripture on the screen, but let me just read it to you. It says, because the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph. Has anyone ever experienced jealousy? in your family, jealousy from somebody that you thought were with you and then they turn on you. Watch what they did out of their jealousy. It says here, they sold him as a slave into Egypt, full stop. But the next verse says, in fact, the next line says, but God was with him. So don't get confused when something's going down that you're not aware of or you're like, how come they're jealous for me? How come they're against me? Does that mean God has left me? No, the next line says, but God was with him. So once you connect with that, we're gonna do that tonight. When you go, God is with me, why? Because the enemy's trying to take your attention over there. And God's like, keep it on me. Yeah, he's trying to show you lack when God's like, no, I'm gonna bring blessing. <laughs> he's trying to show you fear when God's like, no, I'm about to pour my strength into you and I'm gonna cause you to be strong and courageous. He's trying to take you in a different direction. He says, but God was with him. And watch this, and he rescued him from all his troubles. And then he gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Yeah, somebody heard that. Did you, did you see what happened first? First, there was the attack. That's why we have to talk about it tonight.